0: And thank you for joining me on this week's very special episode of the Stephen Perkins program right here on the Outset Podcast Network. This week is special because it's the first episode of our new series, Summer 2015 Stephen and Company, a 12 week series in which I will interview 12 really smart people in the hopes of sharing with you 12 new perspectives. Now, before I introduce this week's guest, and she is awesome, but I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor for this week's episode. Octopod. So make sure your phone never dies again with portable charging solutions from Octopod. Go to octo-pod.com/outset to view their line of products and enter the code outset at checkout for 50% off. That's octo-pod.com/outset and use the promo code outset for 50% off. Okay. Now this week's guest is Avery Jessmer, a 14-year-old conservative gal who has more knowledge than some adults. She is an activist, having been involved in numerous campaigns, as well as a contributor to FutureFirstLady.com. In the first half of today's show, I asked Avery about her thoughts on Jeb Bush and Donald Trump, our two favorite people. And in the second half, I asked probably the weirdest set of completely random questions I could think of. So without further ado, here is my one-on-one interview with Avery Jesmer. Well, as I said in my intro, I am here with Avery Jessmer this week. Avery, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Um, you and I have uh, have known each other for um, a, a number of, of of months or whatever. H- how long have we known each other?
1: Um, since the first. No, wait. Since the second filibuster on the Patriot Act.
0: Oh, those those good old days. Those yep. good old days. Yeah, that's true. I, I remember talking about that. Um, so. So just to kind of give people an update of kind of what you do and uh I know you're a contributor a couple of places just give people the rundown.
1: Um so I am a contributor at Future First Lady which is a uh, is a really a conservative source for young women who are involved in politics and um I'm also um, considering starting to blog for Turning Point USA, I have a um, a position as a contributor there. Uh, so you know, I just I mainly work grassroots. You know, I help with campaigns um, where I'm at, and I also like I do a lot of online of online. Uh, programs and activism so just kind of do a little bit of everything
0: awesome so it's safe to say that you know a thing or two about politics yeah Um, i would say so yeah i i I would say that that you know you're only 14 but you don't uh i mean you have the knowledge of much older than that so not calling you old or anything but um you know so so anyways (laughs) you and i share uh, some common views especially some common hatreds for people. So let's get, <laughs> let's get right into some big news that has happened this past week because I want to get your opinion on it. The first is Jeb Bush has now entered the presidential race. <laughs> he did so partially in Spanish, um, yep. which I know you and I are also big fans of the Spanish language. See, sí. see, sí. <laughs> Muy bueno. I can't even say all of it. So what are your views about... Jeb, which I say that because he has an explanation point in his name now.
1: Yeah, um, I think that Jeb is, uh, <laughs> well, he's a very interesting guy. I yes. mean, you know, I, anyone who knows me knows I'm a really big fan of the Bush family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my two favorite first ladies are, are Laura and Barbara Bush. Um, and, you know, one of my favorite presidents is W. So, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, you would think I would be partial. To Jeb Bush, you think I would like him a lot, but you know I don't really think he has the uh, has the drive and the, the really the fire, you know, to to do what he needs to do, and I think that's starting to show already in his campaign. You know, he hasn't, you know, during his speech, I, you know, I thought it was a very moving speech and I thought it was a very good speech. I thought it was a very structured, um, announcement speech, but I I really don't. I don't. I don't feel from him that he really wants to be president, and I think that's going to be a huge issue for him during his campaign.
0: Do you see Jeb Bush as the uh, as the black sheep of the family? Like they don't really like him, but they tolerate him.
1: Yeah, which and and that's kind of funny. I kind of do think so. But what's really weird is that you know a few weeks ago, or maybe it was a few days ago, um, Jeb posted on his Twitter that you know Barbara, his mom, had said had told him that he was her favorite son.
0: Yeah, I saw that was a video from the announcement day, and he said, and he says something to the effect of, "Oh, and today was also great because my mom, my mom finally admitted that I was her favorite," and you just hear her laugh, <laughs> like she doesn't right. confirm it. She's laughing because that's a joke. Right. Uh, he's clearly not. But then there's a lot of people <laughs> who thought that he should have been president instead of George W., which I don't think people think that now. Have you heard anyone who is supportive of Jeb Bush?
1: Um yeah actually one of my really good friends is supportive of Jeb Bush uh-huh. and I mean and I'm kind of questioning, you know, <laughs> kind of questioning that. But, you know, I think I think he's definitely a likable person. I think, you know, he's very charismatic and, you know, he does, you know, he's very a patriotic American which, you know, kind of comes along with being a Bush. Um but um yeah, I don't really I mean, with such a diverse ticket, you know, with so many options to choose from, I don't really understand the appeal of supporting him at this point, but, you know, to each his own.
0: What is, whenever I was, um, you know, just a little Nino, as Jeb Bush would say, (laughs) in school and such, if I ever had a fight with someone, the teacher would make us you know, say one thing that we liked about the person that we clearly hate. Ah, yes. What do you admire other than his speech? You said his speech was good. So that's off limits. What do you like about Jeb Bush?
1: Um, I like his ability to reach across a larger audience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like, you know, and I think that does kind of come along with his ability to communicate with the Hispanic community. Sure. Is that, you know, him and Marco Rubio are kind of in this same boat where they they kind of have an upper hand in the Hispanic community. So, I mean, you know, I think that's something I like about him is that it's not he hasn't really I won't say that he's pursued the path of um, of trying to capture the Hispanic vote. But, you know, certainly in the last few years, he's been attending a lot of rallies and support campaigns for the Hispanic community. So I, I definitely respect that about him, that he's, um, I'll say, taking an alternate route.
0: Here's what frustrates me about Jeb Bush and some of his supporters is uh, whenever they talk about the, you know, his wife is, is Latino and his, oh, his yeah. son Latino. But but they, they talk about him in such a way that it's almost like he is going to be if he's elected he'll he'll be our first Latino president. And then when right. people look at Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, they say, nah, they're not really Hispanic enough. You know, Ted Cruz was born in Canada. Uh-huh. Is that is that weird to you that Jeb Bush is like you know, this whole Rachel Deleezo thing about being transracial is apparently a thing now. Is Jeb Bush <laughs> really a Mexican? Because he did say so in a uh, what was it a tax filing? Do you buy it?
1: I don't. And no. and you know it's funny because you know someone someone posted on my Facebook um, just a few days ago, maybe it was yesterday about uh, about the appeal to to demographics and um, and they were talking about Marco Rubio <laughs> and how they don't really think he's going to appeal more to Latinos because he's Hispanic and I. I don't know I kind of think that even if someone isn't Hispanic but they you know like they kind of like I said pursue that route they really do appeal more to them so I think people kind of are buying it but that they don't really realize it it's more of like you know since he's so much more involved in the Hispanic community they kind of like see him as one of their own I guess but you know in my eyes he's kind of doing it in the wrong way
0: sure and, and so, I want to I go back to what you said yeah. about he has kind of this broad appeal and he's able to reach across the aisle. There is this this um, this thought going around that the Republican Party in 2016 should become a big tent party. And huh. I think it's interesting when you look at the difference an approach to some people who who believe the same thing jeb bush obviously does and he thinks that he can make it a big tent party but he's going about doing it in a much different way than say rand paul is rand paul is focusing on getting the minority vote as well but he's not compromising on principles and whenever you look at Jeb bush someone who is he promised that if he was president he would pass immigration reform which we could only assume that that means Um, allowing people who broke the law to to remain here um, and and kind of reap benefits. So Jeb Bush is willing to make the party a big tent party, but he's compromising principles. Right. Right. So so that's one of the concerns I have about him. But what do you think is going to be Jeb's biggest challenge? Let's say first his biggest challenge in getting the nomination. And then if he does Mm -hmm. get the nomination... And let's hope that doesn't happen. But if he does get the nomination, <laughs> what would be his biggest challenge, you know, in winning the presidency?
1: Um, capturing the independent vote. I really mm. think so. Um, I think that, you know, with his views on and OK, I'm going to go a little bit off by saying, you know, his views on immigration and education tend to be the two biggest flaws that people see with him. Right. And those are two of the main issues for independence. Um, you know, it's definitely shown through voting in the last few years. So I think he's going to have a really tough time capturing the independent vote because, you know, they're going to look at their key issues. And, you know, they're probably going to end up voting third party and not vote for him. And then, you know, the Republicans might lose the election. So, you know, when it comes down to it, every vote really counts these next, you know, these next two elections, the primary elections, and then the presidential election. So, you know, what do you think?
0: I I think his biggest challenge, um, is, is going well in getting the nomination, obviously to convince people that he's actually a Republican. um, (laughs) There's, there's very, um, there's very good arguments that he's not, I mean, he is, he's just a different brand of Republican. And then in winning the presidency, I, I think that, uh, if he were to be, it kind of depends on whoever the democratic candidate is, but let's say it's Hillary Clinton, um, trying to outdo her in enthusiasm, whether you like Hillary Clinton or not. She's enthusiastic um, and she, she gets people going. Jeb Bush, not so much, even though there's an explanation point in his name. He's not really uh, someone that you just want to, like, go to a rock concert with. So, so, you know, go ahead. You
1: know, let's talk about that logo.
0: Sure. Yeah. I Well, I was about to get to it, but yeah, let's jump right into it. So the Jeb Bush logo the same one he's had since 1994. What are your thought? What were your first thoughts when you saw it?
1: I so I automatically recognized it from his his campaign as governor because right. you know because I did you a lot were of such
0: an active supporter in 94, right? Oh no, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, you know, being seven years before my birth, I feel that's a, a tad bit impossible. However, um, you know, I did a lot of research on Jeb Bush and on a lot of the candidates that we just kind of knew from the beginning were going to be running. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think I, I kind of see why he used it as his logo and, you know, used it again. And it's because he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't held office since he was governor. Mm-hmm. And so I think he was trying to, like, you know, bring light back on what he did as governor of Florida. And I mean, I, yeah, I sort of see from that perspective. But then as far as the negatives, it's kind of like, oh, I did this 10 years ago. Let's go look, you know. So, I mean, it's it's just like, you know, what has he done in between? Because generally speaking, people's views change within 10 years and a lot of the world changes within 10 years. So, what he would do, you know, in a lot of circumstances, I'm sure, has also changed.
0: Right. And and that, uh, that's something I didn't think about is is how he may be trying to put attention back on the fact that he was a governor and he did say recently in some interviews that he thinks being a governor will help him um, over being a senator or a congressman because he actually has uh, a bigger record and governors have to make bigger decisions. Um, So when he's going up against people like Marco Rubio, Rand Paul or Ted Cruz or whoever else is running who doesn't have the experience of a governor, I think he's hoping to uh, kind of make himself stand out in that way. So that's right. a good point. I, I, I just feel like um, it, it, it's hard to criticize the creation of his logo because it was created in the, in the 90s. And for the 90s, mm-hmm. like that was a pretty hip logo. You know, it was kind of like Yahoo, which was popular back then, <laughs> I'm guessing. Um, but, you know, like all like all fads of the 90s, I think that, that Jeb has faded and it's time for someone else. And. We have possibly someone else who also entered the race this week, Avery. And I know oh. you're very excited about him. <laughs> he, is, he is everyone's favorite reality TV show host, Donald Trump.
1: Oh, the Donald. The oh, Donald.
0: Um, I think that's his only nickname, but the, the Donald. What do you think yeah. about, not him as a candidate, what do you think about Donald Trump just as a person?
1: Oh, Uh <laughs> How much time so, do we have,
0: right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, as a big fan of Celebrity Apprentice, Great I find show. Yeah, I find his personality be, to be extremely amusing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he has the ability to make people laugh and that's, you know, that's obviously a good good character trait. But I I don't know, I find him to be a tad bit egotistical. Sure you know i think he always kind of brings the spotlight back to himself (laughs) he makes
0: the argument that in order to be successful you have to have an ego
1: oh right but then you know you know we can look to the humanitarians of the world because you know according to his logic mother Teresa was not successful
0: she was so egotistical though my goodness she, oh, I, I'm sure. I, I hear she wanted her face on t-shirts on mugs. Oh my goodness. Know, she wanted to be a YouTube personality. I hear she was, she had a big ego.
1: Well, I guess that's it.
0: <laughs> These are the things that history have suppressed. Yeah. Um, so, so what do you think about, did you watch his campaign announcement?
1: Um, I watched a few minutes of it, but I really couldn't stand watching the whole thing. I'd I, I don't know. I kind of got sick of hearing about his financial status. What about you?
0: Yeah. I'm embarrassed to say that I stayed home from class to watch it. Oh um, my. Yeah. And so I, I, I agree. He did talk a lot about his, it was very, I think that's the first time that, uh, that someone has brought out their financial statement in a pres- in any type of campaign announcement. So that was interesting. What do you think about his ideas for making America great again, which is now his slogan?
1: Well, I think it sounds great. I think it's what we all want, you know, as, you know, as conservatives or as, as libertarians, as conservatarians is, you know, we really do. We want to, you know, like restore what America used to be. But I mean, your campaign slogan kind of has to match what you're planning on doing, like with your presidency. So, I mean... Sure. Like, that's great on paper. Like, I love it. I love, you know, making America great again. And I think it's a great campaign slogan, but nothing he's proposed so far would really make America great again.
0: Right. And and, and do you think real quick quickly, because we're running out of time on the first half, but do you think that his strategy of just putting the best negotiators and the fact that he thinks that because he's such a great negotiator that the the, the world will become uh, will start respecting us again. Do you think that that would actually happen or would they just get pissed with us because our president, you know, doesn't care about them?
1: No, you know, I I like to shed some light back onto Reagan's presidency. And, you know, I I think definitely I consider that to be a time when America was most respected in the world, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Reagan didn't negotiate, like, I mean, he was like, here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to do it. And this is what we're going to contribute. He didn't say, you know, well, we can we can cut a little slack if you do what you need to do, because that's the kind of president we have right now. That's the kind of president that Barack Obama is. He's the one that's not afraid to call, you know, a terrorist group, a JV team. (laughs) and he's and you know he's the one that's willing to try to cut a deal with Iran. So, you know, we don't need a negotiator. We need someone who's going to say, you know, here's what I'm going to do and here's how I'm going to do it and here's what I'm going to contribute and you know, you, you, feel, you fulfill your end of the deal.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean that that's a good point. I I just think that uh that Trump will um you know, there's a difference between being a good negotiator and just being like an annoying one. True. Uh, I think that he's kind of annoying, especially if you were to have to deal with some of these world leaders who do not like us. But moving on, speaking, you know, instead of talking about Donald Trump, let's talk about someone who was born white, but is now <laughs> apparently black and has created this whole phenomenon of transracial. And that is Rachel De, Deleezel, I guess I'm pronouncing that name correctly. Um, do, do you know if it's, it's Deleezel? De
1: I think
0: it's Dolzol. Dolzol? Let's I call think so. her, let's call her Rachel. So okay, Rachel. so Ra- you know the story. Rachel was a local NAACP president. She was found out to actually not be black, but she was indeed born white. She says that she, right. she says that she identifies as black and she doesn't understand whenever a reporter asks her um if her biological parents are white, she says she doesn't understand the question. <laughs> Which I don't, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I have not graduated from college yet. She has, but even I understood the question and I'm sure you did too. What do you, what do you think about this whole story?
1: Okay. Well, um, what's kind of funny about this whole story is that there's, there's not really political sides on this. You know, there are, there are a lot on the left that are condemning her just as much as those on the right, Right, but there, there is. Right, but there is a political divide between race-baiters and Mm non-race-baiters. Because, you know, quite frankly, anyone can get involved with the NAACP, and, you know, there are a lot of white leaders in the NAACP. Sure. And it's because, you know, it's not like some kind of exclusive club. So... Um, you know, there's not really any benefit that she would get out of pretending to be black just to become an NAACP leader. Right. And then, you know, we hear about the fact that she sued Howard University for racial discrimination among, you know, many other circumstances in which she's used, you know, her new black race to get money and, you know, privilege. So, you know, I kind of, Okay, tell me tell me if you agree on this. I kind of take a different stance on the issue and people are focusing on her specifically and I've kind of taken this opportunity to um to take a stance more on the fact that, you know, there are certain groups in our country that are allowed to get special treatment because of their race and that's like minority favoring. Right. You know, like, oh, well, you know, this scholarship is available if you are Pacific Islander, but no one else can get it if you aren't Pacific Islander.
0: There's also scholarships available to left-handed people. So it's not just race. It's also what hand you can write with. But no, I I agree. I think that's right. I think that benefits should be just if you're going to be getting a benefit, it should be because of merit and not because of some aspect that you really had no control over. Um, exactly what I think is most disturbing about this story is that she and I think this is where most people um, are, are really upset with her is that she is claiming that she understands what black people go through because she has two black adopted kids and to mm-hmm. me th- that is absolutely not um, not a, a way that that you now automatically understand the entire Black culture and, and the challenges that they face. That's just a perversion of it.
1: Well, right. And so is the fact that she said, you know, that she was whipped with a baboon whip similar to those that slaves were whipped with. Right. Like comparing herself to, you know, to a black person who was enslaved, that is where the line needs to be drawn. Like, I don't care what you identify as, but as soon as you compare yourself, you know, to someone who was literally oppressed, and like to claim that you like ex- feel like you have experienced that, that is to me where the absolutely the line is drawn.
0: I completely agree. We are uh, this week, the first ever uh, episode of Stephen and Company, the summer 2015 series on this show. We are here with Avery Jessmer, and we will be right back after a word from our super awesome sponsor hey everyone if you're anything like me or avery for that matter you're always on your phone and you know the panic that you feel when your battery drops below 20 percent and 10 percent and so on well with octopod mobile charging solutions your phone never has to die again that's right i said it never has to die again just go to octodashpod.com outset to view their line of portable chargers and while you're there, go ahead and take 50% off your order by using the code OUTSET at checkout. Trust me, you've earned it. Once again, that's octodashpod.com slash OUTSET and use the promo code OUTSET at checkout for 50% off your order. All right, we are back with Avery Jessmer. And uh, Avery, I have in the second half of this show, and I think this is how I'm going to format. I mean, this is the first week I've done it, but I think this is how I'm going to format the interviews this summer. I have some offbeat questions for you. And uh, and and I hope that most of them you haven't seen. Some of them you, I think I, I told you what they would be, but most of them you haven't seen. So let's start off with a political would you rather game. Are you ready? I'm ready. Now these are tough because as I was writing them, I don't even really know what I would choose. And there's not many oh, okay. um, because I've just come up with a few, but I'm, I'm interested to get your thoughts. So would you rather, be locked in a room with Lindsey Graham while he talks about his love for Paula Deen, or locked uh, or locked in a gym with John McCain as he does a full body workout.
1: Oh, oh goodness. Um, <laughs> okay, I would rather be tra- <laughs> I would rather be trapped in a room with Lindsey Graham talking about Paula Deen because I feel like I could actually take a part in that conversation. Because I mean, who doesn't love some good butter
0: and Paula Deen? That's true, but you could also I just want to argue the opposite. With John McCain, you could do him a favor because he's a senior citizen. You could hold his feet as he does crunches.
1: Yeah, I'm not, yeah, that's...
0: Uh, You're not a fan of that?
1: I mean, if I got paid, you know, you know, that'd be, that'd be cool, but, No, in, but, in, in you the know. Would You Rather
0: game, there is, there is no payment. Oh. Uh, okay, let's, let's uh, talk about the next scenario. Would you rather attend a small gathering at Hillary Clinton's home? And by small gathering, I mean her, Bill, and Chelsea, or have a one-on-one <laughs> dinner with Bernie Sanders?
1: I would rather have a one on one dinner with Bernie Sanders. There is no way I am ever, oh, oh, the Clinton
0: family, no. What is it about them that creeps you out?
1: Um. So anyone who claims to be a pantsuit aficionado has officially crossed themselves off of my list of people. <laughs> I mean, oh, and a hair icon. We can't forget that a one. Hair
0: icon, a pantsuit aficionado. All of these titles, no accomplishments. Exactly. Right. And our last one, uh, you know, I've only done three, but I have to save some for the other guest. I'm sorry, but would you <laughs> rather vote for Chris Christie or Jeb Bush?
1: Uh, um,
0: this, is, this is a tough one even for me to answer.
1: You know, I'll go with Jeb Bush.
0: Ooh.
1: And the reason why sure. is because I feel like his vice president choice would be better than Chris Christie's.
0: Who do you think his vice president choice might be? Um, because Donald Trump is saying maybe he would choose Oprah. Yeah. So who do yeah. You th- who do you think Jeb Bush <laughs> would choose? His, son? you know,
1: he, he might choose Ellen.
0: Ooh, I can be on
1: that. Or you know, maybe Rachel Ray because you know she's kind of she's 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 foreign. He says she's Italian, so you know.
0: I will vote for Hillary Clinton before I vote with a ticket with Rachel Ray on it. (laughs) Um, All right. So let's just let's talk about some offbeat questions. Um, You may have seen this. This just broke a couple of minutes ago before we recorded this. The Treasury is about to announce that they are replacing Alexander Hamilton with a woman on the $10 bill. But my question is seeing how supposedly, according to feminists, women get paid 70 cents on the dollar. Do you believe that a better option would be to create a new coin worth seventy-seven cents and put a woman on it instead of replacing Hamilton on the ten-dollar bill?
1: Oh my goodness! Um,
0: just give what, us your raw thoughts.
1: What would the purpose of the coin be? Would that be?
0: I feel like the purpose would be um, adding more unusable change to people's pockets.
1: Oh, and, and more change that's worth less than it's supposed to.
0: Right. Really, it's a uh, change we can believe in is what it is.
1: Oh, goodness. Oh, Anyways. is it hope too?
0: Well, there's hope that, you know, you have 77 cents, I guess, more than... I don't, I don't know what I was doing with that. Anyway, so let's talk about some presidents, okay? Mm-hmm. Who is your favorite fictional president and why?
1: Oh, Fitzgerald, Thomas, Grant on scandal.
0: Absolutely. I was about to say, I don't know who that is. So scandal, that makes sense. Okay. What's his name again?
1: Well, they call him Fitz or Uh president Grant, but it's Fitzgerald Thomas Grant. His first name
0: is Fitzgerald. Yeah. I like it.
1: And he's like, I don't know, he's supposedly a Republican, but Mm -hmm. I mean, he's kind of like a Jeb Bush Republican. Oh boy. So, but I mean, I like who he is as a person. Does he speak Spanish? I think he can say a few words but you know he oh. is a gringo so
0: i can say a few words too it doesn't mean <laughs> i can speak it um True. let's see if excluding anyone that is running right now who would your dream 2016 ticket be
1: mitt romney oh, and who oh um uh, sarah palin
0: wow that would be that would be a really interesting combination of people
1: i know that but because be you know 'Cause I've kind of I'm not supporting Paul Ryan anymore because of TPP, yeah, the Trans Pacific Partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I decided, you know, I would actually rather have Nancy Pelosi. I was about to say um, you
0: could support yeah. her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: you know, but honestly, you know, I think Mitt Romney I kind of I cried the day that he said he was not announced or that he wasn't, you know, gonna run for president. Right. Because I literally for the last four years, like or, well, I guess three and a half years. I have been waiting and waiting for him to announce his candidacy after he lost the election because... Do
0: you, do you know what would make him better, though?
1: Um. Well, you know what I think made him better? What's that? The documentary that came out about him.
0: That's true. If that documentary came out before Election Day, I think people would have voted for him. Because it showed yeah. him as like a human, which was rare to see. But no, I, I think he would be better if he wore sweater vests. That's the only thing I like <laughs> about Rick Santorum and his is his his strong sweater vest game. Yeah. So have I'm you, I'm just throwing that out there.
1: But you know, you know, we do like to refer to Mitt Romney as the jeans
0: aficionado of the group. Mitt Romney is a jeans aficionado. I have a pair of Mitt Romney uh inspired jeans in my closet and uh I wear them when I feel down.
1: Yeah, and they're your happy pants.
0: The, they're my happy pants. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Keeping with presidents, looking back in history, which president do you think was the biggest mama's boy?
1: Oh w. Oh, totally George oh, yeah. Bush. I
0: didn't even think about. I was thinking like way back, and then you you brought <laughs> it back to the last president. That's actually good. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes oh, yeah,
1: sense. Yeah, he's so he is so spoiled. That's oh, true. my goodness. He's such a mama's boy. That's like, no, Jeb. You are not Barbara's favorite. <laughs> she loves W.
0: <laughs> That's true. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's awesome. Okay. Would Taylor Swift make a good president?
1: Oh, okay. I love T. Swift. I love her. Like, yeah. she honestly... I know. I mean, she could pull off a garbage bag. But, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. her newfound friendship with Lena Dunham has me very concerned. yeah. And you know, I don't I don't really support anyone for president who's who makes or who is uh friends with someone that makes light of sexual molestation. So
0: It's a very good point. Yeah. Would do you think Hillary Clinton would make a good pop star? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> um
0: if they were to just switch places, right?
1: Well, you no, know, you know what? I think Hillary Clinton would do a really good
0: job at garbage man woman yes that's exactly is that that really what you were gonna say
1: that is that
0: is really what i was gonna say amen i i mean i well yeah i don't know if i'd want her come into my house every day even if it was just to pick up garbage oh that's true here's the thing we talk about hillary clinton being a pantsuit aficionado do you think that her old pantsuit should be donated (laughs) should be donated (laughs) to african women who are looking for jobs um no No, you don't.
1: No. Do you think that
0: would ruin someone's chances of getting a job if they showed up in one of her old pantsuits?
1: Probably because, I mean, who knows? I mean, I've seen some pictures where, I mean, she just chows down like on some burgers. And I mean, I mean, like if you're going to be wearing a pantsuit and eating a burger, like please put a bib or what what is it called? A A bib? bib. A bib. Put a bib
0: on. I would love it if she had a bib with her face on it. Oh, yes. I think that that would be the greatest thing ever.
1: Yes, I would buy that Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because, you know, then, you know, I could like throw it away.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Name one politician. uh, Well, this one. Okay. Name one politician besides the obvious answers that you would most like to see go on Fear Factor and eat a bug.
1: (gasps) Oh, my goodness. Um, Al Gore.
0: Al Gore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really...
1: I have a I have a very uh close close relationship with the 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 dislike or the uh I don't want to say hatred because that's bad, but right. I'll I'll say hatred. The hatred of Al Gore.
0: Yeah, I mean you, you you understand where that hatred comes from. Oh certainly. Sure. What do you think is Bernie Sanders' favorite Girl Scout cookie? <laughs>
1: oh my goodness um well we all know that he likes redistribution
0: true yes he does so
1: so i mean i'm just trying to think of the girl scout cookie box that has the nastiest cookies but there are more of them like there's like a lot of them in the box
0: is it the shortbread one because those cookies are disgusting
1: they're like, they're like these lemony ones and they oh, have, yes. yeah,
0: uh-huh. I know what you're talking about. I've, they're I've called, like, never savannas or something. Yeah, I had them once and, um, I, I, I really, you know, it, it made me think about what the purpose of life is because I don't know why they make those. So you think that Bernie Sanders would be a big lemon cookie fan?
1: Yeah, because they taste really gross, and they're really mm. small, and there's a lot of them, so he
0: could go hand them out to the lazy people. That is a very good... Like, look at you connecting the dots. That's incredible. <laughs> I, I don't even think I would put this much thought into these questions, to be honest. Um, okay, so Rick Santorum is running again. Do you think that this time he can finally accomplish his goal of bringing back the sweater vest? Yes. Okay, you do. I, I do, too. I, I completely agree with you. Um if you could get rid of any state, which one would it be?
1: Um, Oregon.
0: What? You live in Oregon. What's the <laughs> hatred for or It's not that bad there, is it?
1: No, it really is. It's like a far-left island. That's what I like to refer to it as. Like the people here don't even like I don't I mean the politicians here, they don't think
0: Do you think Oregon is worse than California? Yes. You do. Yes. Interesting. OK. So I, it, I, yeah,
1: I know that California can come back because it was once Reagan red. So, I
0: mean, yeah, maybe it can come back. I think maybe. it can. Hopefully. And uh, let's see. Do you think Jeb Bush should be required to wear a sombrero during the debates? <laughs> um. These are serious questions, Avery. All right. <laughs> I, I thought long and hard about that. These are the questions that matter most.
1: I think all of the candidates should be required to wear a sombrero during the debates.
0: I think maybe not all of them required to wear a sombrero, but at least a hat that most reflects their personality.
1: No, I think sombreros, and then I think they should be required to give out churros to every member sitting in the audience of the debate.
0: I would go to every single debate if they were handing out churros.
1: Exactly, and see, oh. they would they would engage the voting base.
0: True. That's very true. There's this uh it's kind of a long story, but over over in the UK or in Scotland, there was this one person who tweeted out, "Oh, I don't know who to vote for." And the leaders of the two parties tweeted her saying that they would bake her cakes. And um and I think that would be interesting if if candidates started, you know, giving baked goods to their voters.
1: Well, I think certainly the candidate who gave out baked goods would get more would get more votes because when I was in elementary school, you know, we had student government elections, uh-huh. and you were allowed to give out little goodies. And every single election, the person who gave out goodies won.
0: Of course, because you're in middle school. Right, I mean, you know, what right.
1: right. So, you know, but I think now we've kind of gotten to a point where the people who aren't informed on who to vote for, they will vote for the person who, you know, is going to offer more to them.
0: I would vote for anyone who were to offer me a Chipotle um, burrito bowl. That's who I would vote for. You do
1: know Hillary Clinton
0: got a Chipotle burrito bowl. Yes, I, I, I know. I, I don't know her exact order, but I feel like our orders are different. Um, and she also, there was a big deal made about her not tipping the people. Do you think she should have tipped?
1: Um. No.
0: No, you, you don't tip Chipotle workers?
1: Um, Unless I like spill a drink and then they have to Mm. come clean it up. I mean, like I am, you know, I am the anti-entitlement gal. Like, I mean, no waiter is entitled to a tip.
0: They did roll a burrito for you. So it's not like they're not doing nothing.
1: Right, but they got, they get paid like an hourly wage to make that burrito.
0: True, but what if it was like exquisitely rolled?
1: Then I would give them a verbal tip and I would say, you know, you're doing great
0: there you go bam ladies and gentlemen the heartless avery uh no i i I tip them if i have like if they give me change back usually i use my card but if i'm doing cash i'll put like a dollar in there um, right just because i i want them to like me all right so let's end this week's episode with a little game of word association one word one word for these candidates are you ready i'm ready okay we'll start off with the easiest one jeb bush Mexico. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Anything? Uh old. Old <laughs> Donald Trump.
1: <laughs> Ugh, uh
0: just whatever comes to mind. Ego. Ego. Rick Santorum.
1: Creepy. Okay.
0: Oh, interesting. <laughs> Rick Perry. Love. Carly Fiorina. Power. Ben Carson.
1: Al Sharpton.
0: Oh, Rand Paul. Liberty. Teddy Cruz. (laughs) Oh, um. Radical. Mike Huckabee. (laughs)
1: Laugh. (laughs) Oh,
0: just LOL. That's the response.
1: Yeah, I, I skipped.
0: What about Lindsey Graham?
1: Um. (laughs) see i can't come up with the one word but i'm just gonna say he's a
0: fine gentleman he's a fine southern gentleman who just knows how to treat his sister
1: from south carolina oh
0: i love him Uh, and and finally last but certainly least hillary clinton crickets crickets (laughs) wow okay well well now that we've uh, now that we've insulted hillary clinton avery thank you so much for being on this week's episode the very first guest ge- you're welcome the very first guest on hashtag steven and company um on the outset podcast network uh so again avery thanks so much for coming on hopefully you didn't find these questions too stupid um and uh, and come back on the program will you
1: of course
0: all right thanks so much once again thank you so much to avery for being my first guest on this new summer series to listen to future episodes with future guests make sure you take a second to subscribe to this show on itunes and while you're there subscribe to second look with benjamin green and the matt dallas show and also make sure to follow outset on twitter at outset magazine and on facebook.com slash outset network That is it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us and we will see you back here next week.